Hey, Paula, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for taking time out of your busy life and your busy morning to to talk with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, that. thanks for having me. And it's good to see you again, too. I, I don't know the last time that we actually saw you, maybe around the time uh, our first daughter was born, like, because you, you gave us like some baby swings and stuff like that. Like that was a very long time ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. And it was definitely in the summer. Yeah. I want to say yeah. up at Aunt Teresa's. So yeah, it was a long time ago. But yeah. Just so so the listeners know, Paula, um, Paula and I grew up together. She babysat me quite a few times. She's a relative of mine. And uh, our paths went very different directions. But somehow we both ended up doing very similar things. And there's a lot of similarities, um, which we'll get into in this conversation but just to start Paula is a very special person and she hey Trent's tearing <laughs> up he's starting to cry <laughs> it's okay oh wow <laughs> gratitude <laughs> towards your cousin yeah lots of gratitude mm-hmm. yeah that's that's really that's really funny how they hit me like that but um <laughs> yeah a lot of gratitude um towards Paul <laughs> anyways wow <clears throat> it's funny that it hit me like that but um yeah Paula is a she's a great person and we're going to talk today about maybe a little bit of ice plunging um some ultra marathoning lots of lots of running lots of yoga uh, Paula just took over uh yoga Bel Air in Bel Air Michigan and uh yeah, I guess before the emotions take control of me again I'll just let you kind of run with an <laughs> intro for yourself <laughs> yeah um yeah, I live up in northern Michigan, born and raised here, and I was able to leave the state for a couple of years and um, live in some other really cool areas. But um, of course, uh, Bel Air has my heart and lots of family up here. I have two daughters. They are um, almost 10 and almost eight. So definitely keeping me on my toes and um, at the same time, keeping me like grounded and like prioritizing what's important. And yeah, I, um, I'm kind of like a retired dental hygienist. I uh, did that for a long time and I still practice. I keep my license and do that um, more on a substitute basis um, and just been kind of trying to get more into the fitness world. And, and like you mentioned, taking over the yoga studio and starting to work for myself a little bit up here with um we're like our town is really into tourism. So there's a lot of short-term rentals right now. And so I've been kind of managing a few of those and, um, stepping into the work for myself, set my own schedule kind of world, which is fun and exciting. It's, it's exciting and scary. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's when did you actually, when did you officially take over, um, the yoga studio in Bel Air? It was a little bit of a process. We started, she asked me about it in uh, March of this year. And then we started a lot of the the process through the summer and it was just finalized uh, like November 1st. Um, Mostly what took a long time is we're waiting for this permanent space to get built and and so that we could actually move in and and have clients there. So we were sort of like, we could have gotten it done a lot faster, but we didn't have a um, like a brick and mortar home anyway. So it's like, yeah, you know, we got some other things happening and this can just kind of take its time and sort itself out. So where are you setting up shop then? Where's the brick and mortar going to be? So it is downtown Bel Air. It's, um, the piece of property that these investors bought, they 
built this big um, boutique short-term rental hotel, they're calling it. And we are taking up space within one of their units. And then their kind of phase B in their building is to build an actual rec center with uh, like kind of the pool and the gym and the dedicated yeah. yoga space. So, I, you know, that was sort of a goal of theirs for next summer. I wouldn't be shocked if it was more of a 2025 kind of deal, but yeah, we're, we're right downtown. So it's nice. Like on the um, river by the bike path in the park. Oh, nice. That's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask what all type of yogas you guys are offering in the studio. Like how far have you spread the, the yoga versity? Yeah, we, um, we're really just doing right now some, uh, we have a teacher who does a really fun Vin Tien uh, class. And then we have quite a few like slow flows. That seems to be the one that most people want to attend. And then of course, like a regular vinyasa style class. Um, we just did a gentle yoga pop-up last night, just for like a donation-based kind of class and a teacher who wants to join and she specializes in adaptive yoga. So probably do a little bit more with like chair yoga and, and all the props and things like that. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So it's fun. And then, so this is like a business that w- existed that I'm taking over. So it's almost kind of like a turnkey style. And we did, you know, like uh, yoga body boot camp and booty yoga and um, like a lot of the restorative slow flow, Hatha, things like that. So kind of, riding out what's the shoulder season up here and and heading into winter to see what the demand really is so that we can just kind of start small and then add as as um demand you know curtails what got you started into doing yoga how long ago did you start doing yoga uh well i mean i was actually introduced to it when i was in high school for track which is really cool to think about that Mm because we're talking about like you know 2000 (laughs) and and like having that introduced in a school environment so that's pretty cool and then um I really got into it in college because I right away clicked with the ability to like focus my mind and just sort of um move like anxiety through my body and and be able to stay kind of calm and focused so I did remember doing a lot of it like prior to big exams and things like that Oh, yeah. And then I, um, when I went to Alaska after graduating college, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do yoga in the mountains every day, <laughs> which is kind of funny because it's like prior to Facebook and Instagram. So I was, I was just doing it without the photographic evidence, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. Cause I would have made oh, beautiful yeah. photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely was like, in alignment with just um, connecting with nature and, and myself and, and kind of a, uh, a place where there's not a ton of distractions as far as um, business and, and phones and computers and things like that. So, so it's been a while. I mean, I would say, um, I mean, obviously like high school, I said 2000, but definitely getting into more of a practice in um, like 2010. <clears throat> Yeah. So running was second ish to yoga, like the marathon running, because you did the track and running in high school, but you didn't. When was your first marathon? Yeah, your first. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say your first and then your 
longest. I want to hear that yeah, one too. Yeah. Um, the first time I ran a marathon was in 2019. Okay. So yeah, and it the doing like my um yoga teacher training and running that kind of coincided a little bit. Um, but yeah, with running, it was more like I, I use that as like a way to de-stress and a way to just kind of have alone time and like connect with myself. But I think kind of typical to most people, it was like, you know, doing lots of 5Ks and like maybe the occasional 10K. And then um, I had a coworker like encourage me to the half marathon. And so that was my jam for a really long time. Um, and then, and it was probably like 2018 then. So my kids were little they would have been uh five and three or ish and I had a running buddy and, and he was like you ever gonna run a marathon and I was like no and I said all these reasons I was like hell no this that and the other thing and then I got home and I was like why did I say that I, that doesn't even that's not even true and it was kind of the first time witnessing that like detached um like I just told this whole story that it's not even a true story and it's limiting my potential of actually doing something I want to do. Um, and I knew I wanted to do it at some point in my life. So if not, like not now, when, uh, so I ran uh, the Bayshore marathon in Traverse city in 2019 and yeah, I was kind of hooked, I guess. Well, actually, no, like when I crossed the finish line, I was like, never again. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. No kidding. <laughs> and now you're into doing ultras. Yes, that's what uh -huh. I'm like. yes. yeah. I think that's also pretty typical. Like, um, I, I, it's like three months is when then the running amnesia kicks in and you're like, oh, yeah, that was so fun and life changing. <laughs> I need to do that again. <laughs> it's almost like giving childbirth. Like yeah. you totally forget. 100%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're coming around the corner and you're like, oh, dear God. Like, how did I forget this? <laughs> what did I do? Um, yeah. And then, I, so, and after doing that, um, I, it, it is kind of cliche, but it does change like the way you perceive a lot of things. And then, you know, my personality is I don't tend to like dip a toe in. I kind of like jump head first. So I start getting into all these, um, you know, podcasts and, and listening to other runners and reading books and all the things and really falling in love with like running on the trails at this point. Yeah. And then, you know, it was just took that one person to be like, well, if you ran a road marathon and you like spending time in the woods, like, why wouldn't you just run a little bit further on the trails? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The next challenge is an ultra. And which is any distance over a marathon, but kind of the, the intro level then would be a 50 K about 31 miles. So, and there's some really cool ones in our area. And, and so I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started training for one in 2020, but it got canceled obviously because of yeah. COVID. And then I was, I was just able to um, kind of refer that entry into 2021. So that's when I officially did my first one in Marquette. Oh, wow. really? In Marquette? Oh, that's a beautiful place, too. Marquette. Is, we have, I don't think we've been in Marquette together. I don't know. I, you know, the well, UP is just beautiful. 
when we yeah. go up there, I'm not sure of what town we're in. Like, I'm not <laughs> from there. So we go up there. So everything, I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. And I'll like reference like a restaurant or something. And Trenton will be like, or even, you know, Joe, Trenton's dad, he'll be like, oh, we were in such and such. That's where that was at. And I was like, oh, that was great. And it's always like a really long, hard to pronounce name. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like how it's spelled at all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time going to the island um Mackinac yeah. what I call it Mackinac and there oh, was yeah. like a lady in the, the fudge so Mackinac for listeners is known for like their fudge they have like a lot of fudge places and there's no cars on the island it's super cool you got both there but um I I guess Mackinac is a super insult to say and I was like in there and I said it and she looked at me and she was like you mean Mackinac and I was like yeah that's what I meant sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the very first time I took Kate up north to Michigan. Um, we actually went and saw Aunt Joanne and um, and, and our cousin Nicole. And uh, we went to, I think it's Toonies now, downtown. It was the Bel Air uh, Cafe, I think. Yes. LA, maybe. Whatever, like that. Yeah, we went in there. And Pittsburgh is, um, people are here are pretty brash, pretty bold. And so they're a little rude. It seems rude anyways when you're from like, where it's pretty touristy and people are very friendly. And mm-hmm. we sat down. Well, trends like entry was like a downtown, like Primanti Brothers. So anybody that's listening to Pittsburgh, like they, <laughs> they, um, they, they, yell they yell at you. They're so yelling. they're kind of like, hey, what do you want? And then you're uh-huh. like, uh, a sandwich? Like the original, not now. The Primanti's is everywhere. Nah, and it's like a steakhouse. Whatever. We like sat down at the chalet and, the waitress sat down at the table with us to get our order because that's how people are friendly in northern Michigan and she's getting the order and everything and Kate was like so off put by the friendliness she was like that is so weird that I thought it was so creepy <laughs> <laughs> I was like it's so creepy why is she on it with us and Trent's like that's hospitality yeah, that's <laughs> but anyways back back to like topic there what what's the next ultra that you got planned so I am looking at some in obviously uh, 2024 um, that have caught my eye are the uh, Traverse City Trail Fest does a really cool one on the Vasa trail system over there it, of like lots of different um, distances. And so they have a 75K that I kind of have my eye on. How many miles is that? 75? It would be like 45, I think. Oof. 45 ish and then um the the marquette 50k that i did they also do a 50 miler and that's what i actually like attempted this past august so i'm sort i i want to break through the 50 mile um ceiling but i just have to find kind of the the right one um so like not i'm so curious like as i hear the running of miles how do you prepare nutritionally for this what do you do like even when you're running like do you run with a um I'm so illiterate when it comes to like running long distances like do you pack water do you have a backpack like what do you not drink water so you don't have to pee like what do you do (laughs) yeah well there's obviously your pregame right and depending (laughs) on your event like you kind of start like even three days prior just you know kind of those the filling carbs and hydration and stuff um I definitely I like wearing a running um like a hydration vest so Mm -hmm. I have like the bladder in the back and then a couple cup holders up front 
Um, and I am someone who can tolerate gels. So I'll do a lot of the gels and I'll mix it in with, um, some of the more, um, like dense bars, like hammer nutrition is a brand that I like. Um, and there's all kinds of little, um, like the waffle cakes, little, just little bar things. Some people like straight up do, uh, like mashed potatoes, like sweet potatoes, lots of peanut butter and jellies. Uh, bananas always kind of sit okay for me. Um, a lot of these courses too will kind of loop. So, so you have like some drop bags or a loop where oh, you can okay. come back to where you have some things. So, so yeah, you can get into quite a few logistics. When I go out for like a training and granted, um, so this summer training for the 50 miler, I did go out on like a 30 mile run, mm -hmm. but I set it up on like a loop system. So I did like, um, 10, I think I did, I must've done like three 10 mile loops and just so, so in my car kind of have the things, Yeah. but after like a certain amount of time, you, um, your digestion is like slowing down. So it is hard to tolerate, um, too much. You just kind of, that's part of the training is just kind of like sussing out how often you need to add a little bit of nutrition. Um, there's so much like when you're talking about the water pack, I thought, well, there's extra weight right there uh -huh. for your yes. 50 mile yep. run. Like, I mean, even if I don't know how much water you carry, but even if it's just a gallon, like that's, you know, over eight pounds of extra baggage that you and have to you're run. Like, yeah. You're, you're so like, that's so extensive. So that's why I was like, how does the body respond? Like at that point, because that's such a, it's such a victory and it's such a triumph yeah. um, at the same time. And I'm just like, like I would, I would even be a little worried, like, cause I, I don't know if it's competitive, but I'd be like, I don't even want to stop and pee. Like, so like, do you accidentally, do people accidentally dehydrate themselves because they don't want to stop and pee? Or... Well, it's like, you probably have heard of David Goggins, I'm sure. And you, yeah. Uh, like yep. in his recent book, I, I never oh, finished, funny. I think. Yeah, he David was, Goggins is funny. Oh yeah. yeah. And he like talks about shitting his pants while running because... <laughs> Yeah, I am not in that club because <laughs> I don't care about my finish time that much. But um, yeah, there's definitely like all these TMI stories of people that do that, and or indefinitely like lots of people are like, "Oh, I just pee like my pants," and I'm like, "I can handle stopping for 90 seconds." I don't know, but um, but you do kind of find a balance too, where um, like I've done longer runs like that, where I'm like, okay, like I feel like if you're going pee a lot then you're probably over hydrated mm -hmm. and then you know finding that balance where you can not have to go to the bathroom too often but but you're obviously not bonking or like hitting a wall you're staying hydrated and you're not like feeling loopy especially with you know your electrolytes and your minerals and things so um, you're like checking in with yourself a lot as you're running then just a lot of checking body in. scanning yeah. yeah yeah for sure and and that's part of like you know, your buildup of, uh, in mileage, like just kind of establishing those new normals where like the first time you run, you know, 20 miles, it's pretty hard, <laughs> but then yeah. as that becomes a new normal and you kind of get to know your, like you said, yourself and, and how your body's reacting to whatever the temperature is, or, you know, if it's morning or nighttime, um, and just kind of assessing what you need. And you do kind of get into a little bit of a routine with it. Like for me, it's, um, I can kind of switch between water and an electrolyte drink, like taking some 
couple ounces, like every 10 minutes, you know, and then doing like the gels every 45 minutes and just kind of like, it's all sort of planned out. And then you, you execute the plan and then adapt as you need to, you know? How long, like a 50 miler, like the 45 milers, how long does that take to run? Like, yeah, is that like eight hours? Like, what is... too. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that's a big one, just depending on your terrain. So like the Marquette one that I like to do, you have for a 50 miler, it's like 6,000 feet of elevation change. Oh, wow. So, and you're out in the woods and there's roots and rocks and it's pretty challenging. So that's obviously going to slow your, you know, your minute mile down and you're going to be out there a lot longer. And a lot of the ultras will have um, like cutoff times. Mm. So, you know, you have to get a certain pace. Like that one, it was um, that cutoff time, I think was 15 hours for the 50 miler. And when I did the 50 K it was like finishing. Yeah. And like the eight and a half mark, <clears throat> you know, versus like a road marathon, you're, you know, people are like always aiming for like the sub four or whatever. Talk about mental toughness. Like yeah. that's, that's what I want to talk about right here. For yeah. sure, because yeah. like, I, I'm always telling people like you never learn who you are until you've pushed yourself past like that self-limiting voice that <coughs> came through verbally for you when you were talking to your friend, like we all have that voice sometimes when it comes out vocally and you actually say what that voice is saying, it's a little, when you're present and yeah, that you're, you're catching yourself mm -hmm. writing these stories that aren't true. You're like, who is that? Who, yeah. who just told me I couldn't do that out of right. my fucking mouth. And then you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to do that. And then you just keep pushing it and you find that limit, but you don't give up when your hormones are saying you can't do it anymore. Wait, wait, wait you push it just a little farther and you like really truly find who you are deep inside. And that like, I, I'm sure you can relate like the mental toughness and just the, the self-worth that comes with crossing those barriers is completely life-changing. Yeah. I can't compare anything to that. It, and it's the same thing with cold plunging um, and running is in that same, like running actually, I think like I'm the type of person, I might run three miles, and then I'm like, hey, I feel great for a couple of weeks. I don't want to run again for a while. <laughs> but, you know, that's me. But I would rather cold plunge every morning and beat that, you know, that asshole in my head every morning doing that. So there's so many ways you can you can earn that self-worth. But I think and I've listened to like all David Goggins books and like Rich Roll and like all them, all the, everyone that does the ultra marathons and like you can just hear like the journey, the soul journey, the mental journey, emotional journey through all of, you know, the twists and turns when you're running on a trail or even on pavement, you're really in your own head. There might be a crowd watching you, but it's all you, mm -hmm. it's you and your body. You are, every step is a milestone. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Honestly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Cause like, even, um, like even at like eight to 15 hours, like you're in your own mind that whole time you are, talking to yourself like most people can't stand to meditate for like 10 minutes <laughs> like you know what I mean and you're like um you're in it with yourself mentally you know like visual and maybe even I would assume I've never ran that long but I would assume um you're working you could even work through traumas that way and you're working through emotional processing and like because you're moving the fascia so much and you're mm. like and the brain is here and you're here and you're fatigued and you're tired. And so you're letting these things come in, in process. Yeah. And 
in that way, it can be very addicting because you, um, you get like a taste of it or like a glimpse of it, kind of all that, you know, you kind of touch in with that alignment and clarity and having like epiphanies or like you said, kind of healing these things. And then of course you want to just do it again and again and again. (laughs) But, um, you know, that kind of that, uh, the, the zone where you can get into that is kind of like chasing the dragon a little bit, you know, like that it tends to move a little bit further away. So it's like, you know, whereas before you might've hit that and, you know, like on these eight mile runs in the woods, like now it's like, I got to beat myself up for like, you know, 20, 25 or what, you know, it can be a little bit like just out of reach where you're like consistently wanting to get to it. But, um, I w I would say that's kind of how I feel like, especially being in the woods or on a trail, um, just with nature, if you can tune out, you know, from music or a podcast or whatever. Um, yeah, you really learn a lot about yourself and, and, the discernment of noticing like this thought in my head isn't real, like, isn't true. It's just a protector. It's just, it's just this like story that's actually trying to protect me. So the, like a story of like, you should stop. This is really uncomfortable. It's not necessarily that you're in any like physical danger of like hurting yourself. It's just that your, your, your body wants to be comfortable and go home and lay in bed and have another cup of coffee, you know, but are you really like breaking out of any envelope that way? Not, no, you know, we all know that those changes happen in discomfort. So, um, like you said, witnessing that is like, is kind of, is, um, changes how you kind of perceive everything else and in your day to day. Yeah, it's like yeah. living yourself from like a third person for a second yeah. and you're like whoa who yeah. are you what did you just do how long have we been doing this to ourselves like <laughs> like yeah. I it's almost creepy like we were it just is. talking about this the other night we got yeah. off a podcast and it like had us thinking <clears throat> this way and I was like it's almost creepy because you think you're in so much control over your thoughts and what you do on the daily and I someone for me I I don't really like um I don't know. It's almost creepy for me to have too much of a rhythm or too much of like a, what is, what's the word I'm looking oh, like for? Ritual. ritual. Kind of yeah. Like I feel like it cages me in and it freaks me out. And then I start to realize how many thoughts I have that are actually very caging. Yeah. And yeah, it, just the thoughts that themselves dictate my whole day, like normal. And I'm like, that's almost freaky because that's not like an align. You know what I mean? It's almost creepy. It's- like the walking around it on autopilot kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's really, it's funny because we had that conversation the other night and the guy was uh, talking about somatic healing, which mm, is mm-hmm. running is a somatic healer. Yoga is a somatic healer. Uh, hot and cold therapy is a somatic healer. Exercise in general is a somatic healer. And it's funny because like one of the first times Kate drugged me to a yoga class, which was quite a few years ago. It's the only guy, which is normally how it goes when I go to yoga classes with Kate, that's not at our own studio. And, um, and like, there's, you know, Kate was always telling me like, yeah, we do these hip openers or whatever. And I'll start to cry and these emotions come through. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's so weird. Like, I don't understand that. And then like the first yoga class I did, like the music's right, the energy's right. And you get into this stretch or position and all of a sudden you do feel like a flush of energy or emotions flowing through you. And so I was like, 
all right safety. there's something yeah well there's the safety too and the environment itself but you're like so there's something to this healing that's happening don't really understand it and then when you start to actually dive into how it works and you realize science really isn't exactly sure either how it works but somehow the body stores trapped emotions in certain parts of the body just so happens women normally store a lot of their emotional damage in their hips and men normally in their lower backs or somewhere along their spine. And so it's, it's funny when you see that and then you think like, well, that makes sense because when I run or when I do this or do that type of exercise, it releases these emotions and I can feel more fully on my soul's path or my mission. And it's, it's a really kind of interesting thing. And you almost have to feel it yourself to know that. Yeah. Yeah, for <clears throat> sure. I, I had one of those runs where um, I, it just kind of came into my mind where I was like, I wonder if I like running so much because I like the activation of like my root chakra yeah. and, and how like I didn't ever have like that safe, secure environment for like growing up and like through like kind of early adolescence and even like into some teenage years. And so like, this is me kind of um, reworking that and, 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 and feeling safe and secure in like the present moment. And just, I don't know, things like that. It's like, I got a lot of comfort in that um, uh, correlation and, and yeah. Might as well go with it. Yeah, yeah I could totally see that. Yeah. I could totally, even when you were saying it, I felt like I got the chills a little bit, which is like always like something for me is like a confirmation thing. So I'm like, actually, I could totally see that. I could, yeah. uh, like, um, <clears throat> specifically for me, when I, I align a little bit uh, with working out, like I love working abdominals and everybody's always like, oh my God, like you got, you're so crazy about the abs and, and yeah, they look great or whatever. But uh, for me, it's the feeling. And I really think it has everything to do with the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And I love the ignition of like using it and working it and working with it, because that's just one that's always kind of off for me or was off, I guess. And so like, I get such a high working that area of my body and so I'm like yeah I love doing that <laughs> so yeah. I can align with that yeah it feels good it feels like you're nurturing it yeah and um I my parents like I, I lost my dad in um 2014 and then my mom has MS and so she like I just started kind of running as a way to like kind of connect like spiritually too to to people who have passed but then also like for connecting with your body and just being like in total appreciation for like what I am actually capable of and and you know I'm not trying to like say like to appreciate your body you have to run or or do yoga even but just like moving it and and kind of like thinking about like creating that neuromuscular um relationship where you're like thank you feet. Thank you legs. Like just being embodied and not, um, there's so many, so often I think people feel, um, disconnected with themselves that way it's in the mm -hmm. physical body. And, um, that's running for me just kind of helps express gratitude, I guess, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree yeah. with that a million percent. Yeah. I think more people need to just feeling it, even if you don't, you're not fully comfortable with how you look in the mirror right now, just feeling that mind body connection, yeah. is super powerful. It is. Sure. I'm curious, because um, I've had a couple 
like connections with like Shasta Grandma through mm-hmm. stuff like that. What kind of breakthroughs have you had in in that realm, like trying to communicate? Mm. Well, I I mean it can get pretty like woo 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 yeah. real quick, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, our last episode was with the medium, so we can't get <laughs> yeah, well, awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's times where like um it's okay, so like spending lots of times in the woods, right, northern Michigan, and mm-hmm. I'll kind of go out and just be like, you know, um, it, it's almost like a a moving uh, a moving prayer, mm-hmm. also. So just kind of thinking, like connecting with myself, and I'll be like, you know. Uh, like dad if if this is like something that is right for me and I should go through with it um can you can you show me a sign and then like all of a sudden like a barred owl will like fly by or like um I've seen like bear out in the woods kind of in those conversations too where you're like having a conversation you're like just show me something that's like gonna slap me in the face and tell me a yes and then it's like there's a black bear right there and oh, Steve is definitely nature animals too percent <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep and I always for with him in particular it's it's like kind of the um like a bird kind of thing like hawks owls eagles yeah um you know I like the like finding the feathers on the trail that kind of thing um there's been usually I can ask for a sign like a confirmation sign um that you know you try to kind of get it specific like maybe i'll see a hummingbird on this run or i'll see um you know i don't know like uh like the owl thing i've done that before too um and then just having that clarity of mind you're kind of open-minded and then you'll sort of get uh like we we just talked about how you have this voice in your head where you go who is that even talking like that's not me well, then you can, I'll get like these phrases that are like something that, yeah, like my dad would say that, yeah. you know, and it just feels re- really reassuring or kind of like self-directing on whatever maybe decision I'm trying to make. Um, but it's, I think more than anything, it's that feeling of not feeling alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that can be really powerful um, because so many people feel lonely and alone and um literally i am alone in the woods but then you're like looking around and you're like i'm not like there's all these living um beings around me these you know old trees old growth forests um the critters and the bears and the animals and then and i and spirit so it can be really um uh comforting in that and i just i get a lot of comfort with that you think he's waiting for you guys no, I think he's busy. I think he's doing, so, I think he's busy and, and just happy that we're doing our own thing. <laughs> I think uh, so many people get um, <clears throat> on the cusp of this. And I think that's uh, like, once you push yourself once uh, with whatever way you want to do it, whether you want to do it with running or meditation or cycling or yoga or cold, like whatever. And you push yourself past that uncomfortability just a little bit. And then you, then that's like the reward is sitting there, but the uncomfortability can feel so uncomfortable, (laughs) you know, like, so it feels so strange and so weird that you're like, a lot of people just get so scared and then they'll hear these signals from their body. Like you were saying, um, like you were touching on like 
like, yeah, well, like my, my legs really hurting right now. Like, well, yeah, it's because it's doing something it hasn't done. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that you really need to back out of it. Like, just, just keep going. And then once mm-hmm. you keep going it, and then I feel like now, like as business owners, it's even the same way. Like, um, you get, you get to these points in your, you know, your business or things like that too. And, and, and then that, that theme, that, um, pattern follows you. So like you apply it in so many places of your life. I think that's why it's so important to break that boundary at least in one area. And then you can pull that pattern and place it here. Like you've got the equation, you've already done it. You've done it in one area. So pull that equation and just plug it in here. (laughs) Just different numbers, Mm -hmm. same rhythm, same pattern. Skills transfer for sure. Yeah, they transfer. And I think that's so important for people because once you wrap your mind about uh people think i don't i think society is changing a lot with health and wellness but uh some people still think it's really taboo um and so but once they realize i can take health and wellness and apply it as my leadership role in my life mm-hmm. all of a sudden things really start to change because you learned a pattern yeah yeah, yeah and and like they talk about like the old patterns are like deep grooves, right? And to reestablish a new pattern, it takes a lot of time and repetitiveness to like reestablish uh, deeper grooves into something that's healthier and um, just more beneficial for you. But and do you guys know um, that runner Courtney, Courtney DeWalter? No, no. no. He's like this crazy, amazing, uh, talented ultra runner. And like, you know, like legit ultras, like hundred milers and, and uh, the ones in France and things. But she, she, she talked about on a podcast, the pain cave and her talking about this. I was like, oh, like I was eating that up like candy. So the pain cave is kind of like that place you get to mentally when you're like, <clears throat> life sucks. I'm an idiot. What am I doing? Like, yeah, just like in the shit storm and all you want to do is get out of that and but you're in the cave like there's only an option you either like go backwards where you just came from or you keep going forward and you like crawl out of that cave right and so she kind of references those times in your long run where you're in like that mental pain cave and she's like instead of trying to desperately like get out of it spend some time there like see what you learn like she she references it as like I like to think about I'm just kind of sculpting the walls of my pain cave and like spending time there learning about yourself learning about uh you know like mental toughness and and what it takes to succeed and um and that can be like translated to life too like you have this whole you know, to-do list, all these chores and errands and things you got to do. Like, you know, no one really wants to do that. That's the the pain cave. But you know that once you do it, you're going to feel so good at the end and, and so empowered. Like, I just I just did something really difficult. And, and I think that's exactly what you said, like kind of translating those skills into life. And um, I don't that's know. Yeah, I like it too, cave. because yeah. it is so true, especially when you get to new positions. Like, for me personally, this year has been tremendous amounts of growth. And it's really funny that I had pregnancy through the whole year <laughs> as well, like just add into the growth aspect. But, um, and being in such a year of growth, there were so many times that I caught myself like 
being in these states of mental awareness that I had not been in before. And so you really don't know how to navigate them and you want to go back or like sometimes I'd even have this emotion coming up of wanting to freeze because what else am I going to do? Like, I don't know. And then, and then you're like, maybe I should just totally start back walking. And you're like, but I, I pushed so far and, you know, like I left that position in my life for such a clear reason. Why is it becoming so blurry to me now? And, um, and then you start to put yourself there mentally again. And you're like, no, that makes sense. But, but until you push and, and like, like, kind of like that analogy, like sculpting the walls and truly understanding yourself, then you realize you have been in these situations before you just forgot about them because you hadn't been uncomfortable in a very long time like this. Yeah. And you find that depth of the cave and you can look around and go, Oh, I have been here before. Yeah. There's almost like yeah. pictures on the wall. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, I remember that. You're like, I was <laughs> working the days in prison last time. Uh, yeah. Last here. time I was here, this sucked. But <laughs> now we're going to find a little more joy out of this. It's true too. And then if you can kind of pull out of you, like if you were, when you're in that part of the cave, because I do, I like that analogy. I might use that from time to time but yeah you're at that part of the cave and you look back and then you look forward and if you can put yourself in like if I go back if I say fuck it and I quit and I give up on this whole endeavor how am I gonna feel a month from now how am I gonna feel a year from now or even when I go to bed tonight right like how what am I gonna think of myself when I lay down the resentment yeah and like for me, I, like every time I've had resentment, that resentment is far more damaging to me than the damage I might accrue by just saying, you know what, fuck it, I'm all in. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to push it through the end. Whatever happens, happens. But I feel better about pushing it to the end than I do giving up. And I think a lot of people relate to that because that the resentment you give yourself when you're like, oh, I gave up. I didn't do it. Like, you know, I'm not saying that there's not a right time to give up because there is. There is. And you know, you just have, you have to acknowledge that on your own personal level. But a lot of times we give up on ourselves far before we really should. I so think I like it's important <laughs> to notice when you, and I, I only noticed this from having such a big year of growth and wanting to give up so many times. It's like, what is the emotion attached to giving up? Is it like more of a fear-based give up? Is it more of a self-limiting belief give up it, you know, like what is attached to that give up that it's coming up for you? Is it, you know, like unworthiness, like unworthy, a fear of succeeding? Like what it, I know that sounds like a crazy fear, but it's real. And, um, yeah, like, are you worthy of the success? Are you That's worthy where, of the yeah. success? Do you see yourself worthy? Do you think somebody else could do it better than you? Like what, what is the seed there? And then also in the same aspect, if you're like looking at giving up as in like, in love and compassion, like for yourself and love and compassion for maybe somebody else that's in this situation with you, or the community that's in this situation with you, I think is the difference between when to stop and how many times do we feel the other one, right? Like the one that's negative, like we feel that one far more often. That's like, (laughs) you know what? Actually, I'm just not going to leave the house today or shower or anything. <laughs> like, where's that one coming from? I bet it's not love and compassion. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, and that kind of happened for me in my last race. Like I said, I was, I was, um, I intended on finishing a 50 mile distance and I was, I was all set. Like my pace was good. My nutrition was good. I felt pretty good. I was in like the negative 
self-talk pain cave for way longer than I thought, like than I anticipated. But what happened towards the end, there's all those elevation gains. So there's um, pretty tricky terrain when you start coming down. And my knee, my one knee was really bothering me. And it was more bothersome than just like, um, like, oh, like my muscles sore or like, you know, it was like legit, you know, I can't really train for this kind of terrain where I live and I'm just not um, suited for this. And I was look, I was at that pivot point of looking at going out and doing that whole loop again. So I'm starting to go like, oh shit, like I hurt this bad now at like mile 28. I have to do this again. What am I, what am I going to be doing to my knee at mile 45? Yeah. And so it was kind of that, like, do I give, I, you know, I'm quoting give up now, but do I, do I quit now? Because another day. Like, is that, is that like a legit, I'm doing this for the health of my body or is it just like my mind latched out latched on to this tiny bit of pain in my knee and is like, do it, quit, do it, get comfortable, go have a beer. You know, like yes. what is the actual truth that's happening here? And so when I have those moments of um, trying to discern the truth, I went back to like my why. And my why for running the race was, you know, I always, a part of it's always like for my daughters to show like strength. Like what, what is like strength and, um, you know, dedication and like persistence, like, where does that get you? And, and, and I, and I said, well, it's definitely not, my why is definitely not to like cross 50, just like, so I can brag about it, you know, and I want to be able to run for my whole life. So I definitely don't want to do any lasting damage to this knee. So if the real important why here is just to like show my kids what strength means, like maybe there's a lesson in stopping in, in like that failure. Like we all like to kind of villainize failure, but there can be a lot of, like you said, growth and learning and failing and, and reprioritizing like what's important in that very moment. Um, so I kind of went with that <laughs> and I, I don't regret it. I mean, there is cer certainly there's that, like, I still want to get to 50. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you'd have pushed it all the way, you might not be able to run again. Yeah, I really think I probably would have hurt myself. <laughs> um, and it just wasn't the time. And, and there's also kind of the joke in the ultra world, too, is like, if you haven't DNF'd a race, like you're probably not like trying hard enough, you know, what, like you're not that, pushing yourself far enough. I uh, didn't finish. Oh, didn't. OK, OK. That makes sense. It, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's it's just a really tough thing. And I and I you can apply that to like all those um instances in life where you're trying to discern like what what do I do like this fork in the road what do I do and making sure that it's because the easy way isn't usually the 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 right way right yeah um it is a tough place of discernment because like because then the ego also like there's several voices there's the yep. self-limiting voice there's the ego voice because the ego voice is like you got to finish this you said you were going to do this you got to do this and the self-limiting voice could be latching on to an injury and then they're fighting and then there's you trying to clarify like you yeah. know what like you said like look at your why and look at your kids and like go okay you know 
I enjoy running for the joy of it. Like I'm not doing this. Like I don't have a sponsorship that's going to like, I'm going to make a ton of money if I do this. Yeah. If I don't, I'm losing out on thousands. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people hurt themselves like in that aspect. And it's not like, as I was listening to you talk, like I felt and seen the ambition to go back at it again. So that even like says like, you're still not done. Like you're right. still not right. done. Like you yeah. still didn't give up. Like you, you know, like there's that, you just knew in that moment when to quit. And I think that's important too, for the journey. Like you don't have to, just because you quit for a moment and you regain strength, you regain vision, you regain purpose and your why, or like whatever it may be, you can always still go after that same goal. Like mm -hmm. you can pause. Yes. Like yeah. there's, I was just listening to the thing. Um, it was like a quick Instagram reel. Um, of Rachel Hollis, who I really like. And she was talking about being a salmon swimming up sea. And she's like, mm -hmm. my whole life, like, you know, I just was always like, I'm this salmon, I'm this salmon swimming upstream, you know, like fighting the current, fighting the current. Like, you know, I'm dodging everything left and right, left and right, success, success. And she's like, and then I realized one day, you know, I had this moment, what the fuck happens to the salmon when he gets upstream? Uh -huh. It dies. <laughs> like this salmon dies. Like, like not like, part of the time dies. No, a hundred percent of the time dies. Like there is no surviving salmon at the top of the stream. Yeah. And she's just like, and then I realized what am I doing? Burning out. Burning yeah, out. yeah. Burning yeah. out. Exactly. Yeah. Cause she, she said it like that. Cause she's a very successful entrepreneur, but it took her many, many years to do that. And, um, she was just saying, yeah, it's that burnout. And so she's like, so do I really want to burn myself out and kill myself like at the top of the stream and didn't enjoy anything on the whole time? And I just thought life was miserable and everyone was against me and I'm at war with everyone instead of like, you know, reaching because ultimately, if these are your goals and this is your life purpose and this is your life direction, you're going to get there like you're going to get there. You know, God's going to have his will and you're going to get there. Um, so I thought that was such a perfect analogy because I was like, that's so funny. That's so funny. Cause we do, we look at it like that. We're like, yeah, like we're swimming, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then look. <laughs> yeah. Similarly, I saw this thing about like contracting to expand mm -hmm. and, and it was just, it was a flower metaphor and like how the flower kind of blooms and then it contracts a little bit before it blooms a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I thought, um, that's almost even better because it's not just like a pause or like a freeze and in, in stagnation. It's like stepping back and then yeah. like bursting forth. And, um, that can be pretty cool too. It does. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be this like relentless forward progression you can like take a chill <laughs> and relax for a second I even like for so long in my life I would be so afraid to chill like I was one of those people that really didn't want to meditate and I learning so much about masculine and feminine energy for whatever reason I've like just been really into that and I was like Oh, I'm out of balance. Like I'm, I'm really taking on such a masculine role inside my body. No wonder it feels so uncomfortable for me to take on this divine feminine and like, make sure it's in check and balance with my masculine. I'm like, I'm just always drive, 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 drive. And that's not really my nature. Like I really do manifest and prosper way better when I have room for creativity, when I have room for, you know, relaxing. Um, and when I'm drive, 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 
that's when I run around with like, like a rabied squirrel, like with <laughs> foam coming out of my mouth. And I wonder what I got done that day. And I think mm-hmm. nothing, I half-assed yeah. everything and I still got so much more to do. And like, you know, and I'm drinking caffeine and I'm like, where's the next coffee? Where's the next coffee? Where's the next coffee? Um, first it's like the days where I sit and I chill and I'm with myself and I do these things that align with me. And, and all of a sudden these things, not always, but most of the time come flooding in, you know, and then there are these answers that you wanted for maybe months, but couldn't sit with yourself long enough. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And that's why I think um, yoga can be such a nice compliment for people in an active lifestyle because active can sometimes be equated to like nonstop movement, you know, and, and that's kind of, I can be the same way, like very masculine and like, go, 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 go in an effort to prove um, like that I'm getting things accomplished and that, you know, and it probably goes way deeper into my psyche of like proving worthiness and things, but, um, yoga has like really taught me to slow down and, you know, just sit still, be with myself, you know, and, and in a toolkit to do that too, you know, and without just having like an instructor lead, like a restorative class or a guided meditation, but kind of fine tuning those tools in your toolkit to be able to do it for yourself when you're in those moments of pressure in life. And yes, you have these, and I have to remind myself, I have these tools. I don't know if you do sometimes too. Like I have to be like, holy shit, you are not the same girl you were six years ago. Why are you still having the same emotional response? Check yourself. Like we've led you to do like all these things and meet all these cool ass people that taught you cool ass shit. And you're not using fucking any of them. Like, why are you going back to these old vices? Oh my gosh. I just, I just had like a literal thing that I'm like, Paula, you did this, this exact same scenario (laughs) happened 17 years ago. Like come on. And then, um, also I got, um, I'm like kid yoga certified. And so I have that all the time when I'm, when it's like, you know, uh, you're late to get to school on time. And you're like, get your shoes on now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm a kid yoga teacher. Like what is happening? <laughs> like, get it under control here. <laughs> I know. I feel that on the deepest level, because you are so out of patience at that point. And our kids at this point have like, I guess six tardies, Trenton just told me. And so like I, for the nine weeks, that's bad. And so like, now I'm even more like, holy like get the get out to the car now like you know are you going bare ass feet because that's how i'm dropping you off if you don't get out there well and then you teach your kid those tools and your kid throws it right back at you oh 100 you're like uh you know okay now's not the time to cry about like your blue cup versus the red cup and they're like but you taught me to feel my emotions and you're like "Mm, sure did like, <laughs> I did, didn't I? You're right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I know it's 100%. You know, like right now, I, for whatever reason, like Trenton started this elbows on the table. And oh, I, yeah. and so like our kids, like, and it was really because Wade would like sit at the table and just like, like, just like totally rest in his hand. And we were like, dude, you got to be more present. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's talk, like, you know, whatever. So we're like, now, 
they check elbows on the table. They're like searching. And I'm for an elbow. yeah, I'm super <laughs> pregnant. So I'm like nine months pregnant. So I kind of lean over the table and like put my elbows over <laughs> the table. And like every dinner, we sit down together. The kids like, are like elbows. Elbows, elbows on the table, mom. Move your elbows. <laughs> and then I'm like, I look at Trent and I'm like, why? Why was this a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do that like we 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 say prayer before we eat and they like the rule is you're supposed to keep your eyes closed and just be present with you know whoever's saying grace and you you stop eating and whatever for a minute but because that's the rule is you're supposed to keep your eyes closed and just be present every all the kids open their eyes and they look for someone else to have their <laughs> eyes open uh-huh. so, so they're like you'll hear whispers like close your eyes and you're like you wouldn't know their eyes were open if your if eyes were their shut. Their eyes were shut. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's it's fine. I wanted to ask you, like, so yoga and running are are huge compliments to each other, and uh, and that's something that we talk about a lot at the studio is like complimenting your workout routine. Like, if you want to be a great yogi and flexible, also do some resistance training. If you want to be a great runner you know, do some flexibility and mobility work and, you know, like combining all the styles together. And then I'm a huge proponent to the cold therapy as well. I know water's starting to get cold in Northern Michigan right now. And I know you were doing lots of Some of, of the plunging. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that. Talk about how you found that. How I found it. Well, I, I probably like Huberman podcast yeah. and then my, the um, previous yoga studio owner, Rebecca, her and I are friends and, and, you know, run together, practice yoga together and she was doing it. And it was, I, I, I'm finding there's a trend in my life where people like dare me to do things. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like hooked for life. So it was like this event where they, it was, um, uh, you know, shorts in town and they were, I, I forget the actual intention behind it. They were maybe raising money for something or some sort of like PR stunt, yeah. but it was like jump in the river in in February. And then we're going to run to this location and like, chug a beer or something like that's that. awesome yeah like that. out of alignment so so we like jump in the river in february up here we're you know it's we're like carving ice out of the river it's like <laughs> the air temperature is 10 degrees <laughs> you know and and it was just exhilarating it was amazing and you know it's amazing how like you feel very uncomfortable but it's maybe like we jumped in got out so you're uncomfortable for a total of maybe two and a half minutes really and then and then the after effects though of feeling so invigorated and exhilarated just lasted forever i mean you're we were buzzy like all day and and not because of the beer that we chugged up (laughs) and um and then learning about like oh there is like you know a scientific basis for this and here's what it is and and then always wanting to tap into um just being like a little bit healthier and doing a little bit better and having better recovery time. Like who doesn't want to recover better and, you know, heal up faster and regulate your hormones as you age and all those things. So then, um, yeah, just, we have access to it kind of all over the place, even in the summertime, the water temperature doesn't get very warm in some of the lakes and rivers and then, um, and you know, cold showering, that kind of thing too. So, um, yeah, just kind of, I, w- I will say that that's like the one of the practices that I, I love doing, but it's kind of, e- it's the easiest for me to not do. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. habitually. Oh um, yeah. Well, cause it does suck. 
especially when you like but it that's the thing that that's what always drew me back to was the feeling for the rest of the day like for whatever reason like yeah you might only be in the cold water for two three minutes would live in that like i'm i'm i go in and out of uh cold therapy like i got like on a train with like wim hof and wim hof breath work like uh, maybe like two or three years ago cold showering and things Mm -hmm. like that like where I feel like if the kids are ever like, where's dad? I'm like, did you, did you check outside? Did you check the ice bath? <laughs> like that's where dad is. He must've got yeah. stressed out and he was just like, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> just like what? Yeah. Just, like, ther- emotional therapy is that bad. It, it, it and- cools me down figuratively <laughs> and literally. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with women, the only thing too, for me is like with women and in, in our biology, I, there is certain, um, there's like differences with like, you know, menstruation and then like with weightlifting and just whatever kind of your ultimate like goal is, I guess, and incorporating that into your other um, ways of your other lifestyle habits. I read, I read recently too, like women, women can get the same benefit as like, this is all averages, of course, like it's mm-hmm. always individual, but like on average, a woman can get the same benefit in a nice bath. It like, between one and two minutes is a man gets like three to five. So oh, sure. yeah. yeah. So like, so a woman can technically spend, it, it has to do with the, the, the nervous system setup of a woman, a woman's uh-huh. fight or flight is actually more responsive than a man's on average. Of course, this is, like I said, it's all average. Everyone's individually different, but a woman, the nervous system response, the same thing with sicknesses. That's why women will get normally get sicker, and show symptoms more rapidly from a sickness, but generally are out of the sickness before a man is like the man might get sick second, but he's sick for four days where his, his significant other was only sick for two days. And it's because of the man flu. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the man flu. Like it's, this is a real thing. Like a man's body is more designed to take more physical abuse than a woman's body is. And so the woman's body responds very quickly to heal from that physical uh, response where the it's, it's like a, it's kind of the hormesis thing. And maybe it's ancestral because of like I'm war and famine, you know, I'm not really sure. Or even like if they did it with um, just thinking out loud, like mothers um, because yeah. mothers have a quick response because they have that biological with their children. Mm-hmm. Like even if mothers versus pre motherhood, like if you did it with women like that yeah. and how quick their body would respond to ice, because yeah. you know, with the nervous system, cause I feel like mothers are, well, we could either be one or two things. We could be really numbed out because we're tired of hearing mom for, but we still hear it. We still respond. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of want, I kind of wonder yeah. that too. That would be interesting too. Yeah. And too, on like the biological note, like let's, let's be honest, like the mom is the one that creates the baby, feeds the baby, gets that baby to the age in which that baby can survive on its own. And the man's job primarily ancestrally was to protect and provide. So when you start, when you talk about instant, uh, like what's more important to be alive right now at the moment, you know, for the woman, she needs to be alive right now to raise that child to, you know, protect and serve in that nurturing capacity where the man, he's more built and designed to sustain a little bit more external damage. And if his internal damage is harsher, it's whatever, because his primary job isn't to survive for the next four years, his primary goal is to survive right now to keep everyone else in, in line, which is kind of a beautifully complex scenario. And like I said, it's also very individual, but I think that's why 
women can get a, a response in the benefits quicker than a man can. Rounding that. Yeah, up. rounding Yeah, that rounding that whole, <laughs> that whole tangent back up. <laughs> women can get the same response of me, so one to two minutes in cool therapy. Yeah, I mean, it depends on temperature. Like, there's so many things that go but into that. Typically. But typically. And then yeah. a man's three to five. Yeah. Okay. Like, and I tell I tell women that because when we do the cold plunge events, mm-hmm. almost always all women. All women. Like uh-huh. there'll yeah. be three, four guys and the rest are women. And I, and I say that to the women, like sometimes I don't always say it, but, you know, just talking like you guys actually get benefit in shorter time than, you know, the dudes do. So the dudes really got to you got to really use your backbone and hang out a little bit longer. Like, uh-huh. you know, and the women love that. So they're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I always mention the HGH benefits, the yeah. human growth hormone benefits. I'm always like, listen, you guys think you want Botox? They're like <laughs> jump in the ice tub a couple times a week. <laughs> do you, you use that a lot? Like after you do your runs, like I know in the wintertime, it's way more fun. Yes. And like the natural bodies uh-huh. of water, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I would say that like I don't necessarily do it after a long run. Uh, so usually I do like a long run on Saturday, let's say. Um, yeah, I'll do the the like a cold tub for like my lower body, mm-hmm. um, and then and then switch to like more of a uh, warm bath kind of style. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, I do. I I do like having the the plunge and also just as like a fun thing to do not necessarily related to a workout, but just like a daily habit to, to get, um, checked off the list, if you will. Uh, I don't know, just the, the invigoration and the, the attitude. I I feel like for me, it's a little bit more of like a mental health thing than necessarily like the physiological and maybe just because it's easier to measure, or observe my actual mental health in real time than it is for like, you know, how is this paying off on my gains when I'm lifting? You know, that's a lot that takes more time to measure that than yeah, the, yeah. the mental on a weekly basis. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Cause you feel that mental like right now, as soon as you get out of the ice tub, you feel it. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to attach to um a reward <laughs> system that is like pretty instantaneous and you know that it's working right now anyway (laughs) it's so funny you said that because we just we had a long conversation with the was an internal family systems coach and he was talking about that exact thing like if you can align your goal with the reward instead of just making a goal and say well i want to be fit if you don't have a if you don't know what it's going to feel like when you get that goal then your your body is not actually you're not going to align you're never going to know when you achieve and yeah. that's what causes a lot of anxiety and depression is um you never know a point of success even though you've succeeded in many 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 things if you're a human being you've succeeded but you've never aligned a point of the brain getting that feedback from you of an emotional response of this is what it feels like every time i succeed mm-hmm. Um, so then people are always like never feeling like they're never accomplishing anything because they've never aligned this point of celebration really mm-hmm. in their life um, for different things, which is really powerful because I never looked at it like that. But he like broke it down more in like a, a neuroscience kind of like brain way. And I'm, I can like look at things from a woo-woo perspective and be perfectly fine with that. That's like legit enough for me. Um, where Trenton likes to analyze things much more deeper. And sometimes for me, I guess, even just talking to him, that connected it more for me. So maybe I'm 
maybe I don't always just look at it from a perspective <laughs> as I'm talking and realizing what I'm saying. Like we were referencing at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's, that's huge. I think. Yeah. yeah. And I, I cold plunging, I can imagine and running and like, you get to that point of that feeling and you're like, Hey, I've reached it. I'm here. I'm on that high. Right. Yeah. Yep. That those uh, powerful endorphins and you know all those things flushing in. I was gonna ask you a couple years ago. I remember you were looking at getting a sauna. Did you wind up getting a sauna? No, I haven't yet. Um, it we I have um a couple friends who have access to them. So there's yeah. that, and then right. there's um like Shannon Creek has one that we're oh yeah of course for a while. Yeah. Um, but that is like my, uh, goal for next year is investing in the sauna and in like the cold plunge at home. So yeah. then having kind of like, Oh, like a right. legit cold plunge. Well, like, look, I really there. like, or whatever it is, like something, I like how you guys have the setup at home. Like you have, you know, you can go out your door at your house and have access to a cold plunge and then get into a sauna yeah like that is, that's kind of like the dream you know well, it's, that was a uh, quick man you know it's yeah. really funny how some things come in alignment like you could sometimes mm-hmm. manifest certain things like for <laughs> what feels like years and they never like actually pull in and other things you could like think of something and then it comes in pretty quickly uh-huh. yeah. and then like that was kind of one of those things it was one of those things that we thought of and it came in you know, actually we were, um, in Northern we were Michigan. In Michigan. We were, yeah, we were in Northern Michigan a couple of years ago. I think I told you a story about the sauna guys and we were driving home from the UP and Trent and I talked like prior that week, we were like, Oh, as much money as we spend on a membership to go do the saunas, we could mm-hmm. own a sauna, like, right? yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so we, and then we happened to pass them. I'm like, Trent, do you see what this, uh, his truck says? <laughs> He's like, what? I said, it's a sauna guys. <laughs> and like, and then it just like kind of came from there and we bought like a couple like uh horse troughs yeah. and then like put them out back. Um, but yeah, nice it's, it's funny how quickly some things come together when it's just, you know, it's, it's there. It's so yeah. worth it. It's so worth it. Like it was worth every penny, honestly. And like you said, we were spending a lot of money on They're a membership. They're not cheap memberships to go to like a sauna. No. I like, I feel what I don't even remember what we were spending, but it was a couple of years ago. But yeah. after a while, you're just kind of like, man, like I know like buying a sauna is a couple grand, but like, I mean, what am I spending at the end of the year on this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so worth it. I got to say in the, in the sauna guys, like I've thrown them out in other episodes, but like, honestly is fantastically built like it's cool. beautiful barrel sauna They're Swedish too which is kind of cool finish but finish, yeah same sorry yeah. sorry yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> finish it's funny I, I just got off a job where I was working with a guy from uh I think he was from Marquette actually and he was talking it's so funny because like growing up in Michigan I didn't realize that saunas using a sauna was a super common or popular thing but I remember playing like travel league baseball and in football and everywhere we'd go in northern Michigan every hotel had a sauna and I thought that was a normal thing. I, I really did. I didn't know that hotels everywhere else didn't just have a sauna. Okay. And so, you know, traveling out of state and then go to the hotel and like, all right, cool. I'm going to go hop in the sauna. Yeah. And like, we don't have a sauna. Why? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck do you think you are? Like some special resort? There's no sauna. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's because it for whatever reason, like the Finnish and, you know, the, the you know, Nor- Norwegian people when they came and settled in northern Michigan they brought that with them and I'm glad they did because that's one of my favorite well, your things dad to always do. tells that story yeah. uh, Joe always tells story 
about like his dad had this friend that had a sauna and he would jump in. What lake is that up there? I think I'm not really sure what lake it was. Maybe Ellsworth. I don't know. Anyways, It wasn't like one a of real those. big lake, but Um, and like way, way back when, when Joe was child, like this guy was doing this and he's like, yeah, he would like smoke a cigar and a sauna and like, then he would just like go jump in the Yeah, lake cut and a shoot hole. some whiskey. He was like, Yeah. and that was the thing. And like Yeah. now everybody's talking about how this is like this beautiful thing. <laughs> well, like you said, like the hotels have them. So that's like Shanty Creek has, I remember as being a kid, they had some friends that lived up at Shanty. So we would go and uh, roll around in the snow and then go in the sauna as like little kids. And no one told us to do that, but it's just now knowing what I know, it's like, isn't that interesting that it's almost like a primal urge to Yes. go do that, you know? And cause it like, we did it repetitively cause it was so much fun and it felt so good, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it really is funny. Like the cold, the like the not cold plunges, but like the polar plunges and things like that. Like, yeah, it really is funny. I, I talk to kid about it all that all the time, like playing in the snow. And, you know, being like 10 foot of snow and it being in shorts and a T-shirt because it, for whatever reason, it just felt so warm. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's really funny. We don't get a lot of snow here in Pittsburgh. So do you have snow up there right now? No, but we have had a few mornings of snow on the ground and yesterday even there were some flurries. So it's, it's happening. Yep. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. I, I think we've had you for almost an hour and a half here. So um, we talked talked about It was snow a really quite good a talk. bit. Yeah. Really good talk. And I think it was super informational too for a lot of people that do run like in it, like, and you running in the extent you do and um, the mind body connection at even back to yoga. And I think that's incredible. Mm -hmm. you got any events coming up in the next couple weeks at the at yoga bel-air that you want to shout out Um, no, not really. We just, we're kind of like working on our regular schedule. Um, and I actually, I get to go for a fun vacation up to Marquette, speaking of oh all nice this Marquette <laughs> talk. Um, so I plan on going in a little Lake Superior plunge with maybe a little, uh, lakeside bonfire kind of situation, Sounds um, awesome. and hiking some of the hills up there. But, Do you ever get uh, your you ever get your girls to do it with you? uh, plunge. Yeah. Um, no, no, but they, uh, I, I'm going to try. I'm There going to you go. <laughs> Let us know how that goes. <laughs> say, um, yeah, they're, they, they're so funny. They are definitely like that, um, stand on the sidelines and like, kind of like, oh, mom, like mom's af after the craziness again, you know, like, but then you, but then, you know, the, it feels really good. Cause then later they're like, Oh, like my mom does this. And isn't that cool. So like, they do kind of, uh, respect it and admire it a little bit, but Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I should For get them into it. They definitely more of like the active stuff. Like they like to run and bike and ski and do the, those kind of things, but yeah, get them in a river this, this winter. sure. Yeah, Yeah. You there might you have go. to bribe with some like hot cocoa or something. I, you have to bribe me. So that's, that's the work. I, Yeah, that's the beer at the end. I know. Yeah. That's my hot <laughs> cocoa. yep, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yep. Uh, well, thanks you guys for having me. I hope, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack, right. With, uh, active act activity and yoga and we didn't even get to like breath work and how that helps and like those kind of things. But, um, yeah, I think just like kind of how we mentioned it, like in the middle somewhere, it's like, you don't have to run or like, you don't maybe even have to practice like, a you know, a, a, 
asana style yoga practice is just like um moving your body in a way that feels good and 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 like mindfully you know thoughtfully and can be can break through some of those barriers which can be life-changing yeah definitely where can people what what's your website for yoga bel-air yoga bel-air.com it's always gotta be so easy it's so funny i ask people that like so i can put it in the show notes and it's always like the easiest website ever (laughs) so yoga bel-air.com and that's where um i know a lot of our listeners um they travel a good bit and so if anyone's traveling up to bel-air michigan it's a pretty close to Traverse City, roughly. It's a great place to vacation. It's a beautiful place. And if you go up there, definitely go to yogabelair.com and book yourself into some yoga classes. Maybe you'll get yes. to meet Paula. Yes, we we have a great, I have a little um, Airbnb cabin too in town. I, I call it um, the Broad Street Bungalow. It's on Airbnb. And um, I love like telling people about Glacial Hills, the trail system. And we have a little mountain bike shop downtown where you can rent bikes or and paddle boards in the summer kayaks. And yeah, Bel Air's really amazing for um, outdoor activity. And then also the downtown, like a uh, kind of social life for a small town is, yeah. is pretty fun too. But It really is. I swear every time we go back up North, there's new stuff downtown and it's growing and yeah, it's Definitely, nice. That's yeah. it's funny. Cause growing up, you know, I grew up next to Bel Air and the town next to it. So there was always huge rivals just this big rivalry but like as a as an adult Bel Air is a beautiful town oh yeah it's way better in the other towns yeah (laughs) Yeah. like it's like Jen drives me through and I'm like (laughs) well you know like I I lived in Alaska and in Vermont and both very rural areas like gorgeous right like bucket list uh destinations for most people's lives and um I I was like I have to go back to Bel Air like Torch Lake Lake Bel Air you know the the woods it just was um um, it's it is a special little gem up here it is you can't beat it i'm always telling people when they go on vacation they're like oh where should we go i'm like you gotta go to northern michigan you have to you gotta give it a try at least one time in your life everyone wants to go to the beach the beach is beautiful i'm like there's beaches up there there are i know a lot of people don't know that the water is like crystal clear yes yeah Mm -hmm. well and then there's the caveat of like uh maybe don't tell people right there's too many people i know i know too people it's too people all the fudgies and cone liquors everywhere yeah (laughs) no that's awesome thank you paula thank you for your time this morning thank you for for having me with us really good convo yeah yeah thank you and happy for you congratulations on on owning your yoga studio the first maybe of many see oh I love I like that thank you for that energy yeah um it is it's um new and exciting and I feel honored and kind of like trudging a little bit through those like fraudy feelings of like why did she ask me but um it's yeah I it's also sort of um like a responsibility like I just want it to exist in our community you know like even if it's um just something that's like volunteer basis like just so it's there and accessible for people you know yeah I love that yeah it's mm-hmm. all about helping the community for sure exactly I yeah. think well and, it, and you wouldn't have been led that direction if it wasn't meant to be so yeah yeah that's true yeah I love that love you Paula thank you for love joining you. us yes thank and you also <laughs> proud of you as well and uh and it's nice I love seeing people you know with with similar humble beginnings as myself 
you know, uh, navigating life in a progressive way. So yeah. especially when they're family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I agree. Better. <laughs> so uh, yeah. thank you guys. Love towards you. Yep. Love you too. Thank you. Love right, you too. Bye Paula. Have a good day. You too. <laughs>